Hey, David. Yo. Guess what I did today? Uh, well, you probably woke up in a drunken stupor from your night of, I don't know, playing video games. No, I uh, I didn't actually play any video games last night. Good guess, though. This morning, I woke up with a plan. I uh, I had a work thing I had to attend today, and we were all we we're all comped a little bit of lunch. And a friend of mine and I were like, you know what would be great? Getting a Whopper sandwich deal. Because today and for the rest of the week, if you ordered that sandwich combo from that restaurant, you would get a code for Modern Warfare 2, which would give you a double XP token and a operator skin that said Burger Town on it. And we thought this was a great idea. Okay. My stomach, on the other hand, <laughs> is incredibly unhappy. It has been a miserable day. <laughs> but you now have a skin that says Burger Town on it, right? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It would be better if it says Burger Time and then like it gave you a gun that shot burgers. Whoppers. Remember when um remember way back in the day when you could go to Burger King and get uh three Xbox games, Sneak King, some Rally Racer game, and something else? I forgot about yeah. those. I still have Sneak King, and I've been waiting for it to go on backwards compatibility so I can play it on uh, my Series X. But uh, you know what you'll never forget about? What's that? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Yo, 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 welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast where David and I are so hyped for you to be back with us. And not only that, every once in a while, we'll look at each other while we're we're running the intro. We're both dancing <laughs> and just being so stupid. You know what I uh, thought of the other day? Remember when we were interviewing uh, one of another good friend from uh, Mighty Coconut? Yes. Uh, I always enjoy interviewing people when they hear our intro for the first time and then they dance. <laughs> It's so true. Or Max. When Max comes yeah. on, that guy, great excitement. Yeah. Incredible yeah. hype. Man. So what's up, man? How are you? How are how are things? I know it's been a it's been a long week since we we chatted. We actually barely talked this week. It was a it was a quiet week for both of us. Yeah, you know, like not a whole lot on the uh the news front in the sense of things going on. Um what? <sighs> You know what? The, the last week has been kind of a blur when you think about it. Oh, you know what? Mm, yeah, I don't even remember what happened last week. It was uh, Daylight Savings Time ended last weekend. Oh, daylight Savings Time is what a, a scam. stupid thing. What's so, so dumb? Okay, so here's the thing. Up in the great white north here. Educate us. <laughs> what? Okay, well, tell me, what time does it get dark? down in southwestern ontario right now now like five o'clock it is dark by 4 30 here uh soon it'll be dark by four o'clock we have a little bit of light in the morning so like when i'm going to work if i'm leaving around seven o'clock or whatever it'll kind of be light but because of where we are so we're so far north our daylight is actually so short during the winter that by december It'll be dark until about 9 o'clock, and then it will get dark again at like four. I absolutely forgot that you've never experienced the the time or um like the seasons changing going into winter. Up no, there. no. I'm so sorry, my guy. You know why? Like because yeah, well, we moved up here. We got here New Year's Eve. But here's the thing, though: in the summer. What time does it get dark there? Like Here, nine, nine, nine thirty. Well, the latest one will always be like ten thirty, almost. At like, the, like the you, height you, of the solstice, you get like one day like that, right? Yeah. We've had we had like a whole month 
where it was dark at like 10 30 quarter to 11 interesting and i didn't even realize this but uh it was canada day and we were looking at the timing for or the schedule for fireworks and it said fireworks show at 10 45 and i'm like really 10 45 like that is so late and that day that i read this like found out i was like wait a second it's 10 30 and it's still light out so yeah it's uh interesting because in the summer we get really long days and in the winter we get really short days and we haven't had much snow i think we had a little bit of dumping snow last time uh the forecast is calling for 25 centimeters this weekend actually yeah I'm uh, I'm dangerously close to it. I so I've ordered my winter tires and I have not received them yet. Mm. And I'm in that window of insurance gray zone area. <laughs> oh yeah. Where you get your your premium. But well, uh, just just tell them that they're on. They're not going to send someone to check, right? So, wow, my mind just totally blank. There's so many like little rants and nuanced things I want to discuss today. I just uh I'm kind of all over the place. So I know, I know there was a huge game launch this week. We have another huge game launch in two weeks, which uh, I realized this is like one of the first Pokemon games I didn't pre-order or really care about. Wait, there's a new Pokemon game. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Violet and um, Scarlet. I think it's called. Oh, wait, like the new ones. Like, new yeah, ones? yeah. They oh, come out like shit. this week. I thought those were like, I thought it was like a remake of something, but those ones, I guess, came out already. Yeah. So it's a thing. It's it's a vibe. It's a bot. <coughs> Excuse me. So big video game launch this week. Huge. One of the uh, the biggest of all time. Probably. Maybe. One of the biggest in recent memory, and I'm talking Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, obviously, it's Sonic Frontiers. Um. Now, the unnamed reviewer that we uh, we like fighting some of their content. What did he say about Sonic Frontiers? Okay, okay, so let me scroll this. So let me let me preface this. Uh, Sonic Frontiers came out and it made him the happiest man alive. Um, scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, so this is the not the not the review. He hasn't posted a review yet, but it's finally time. I've been counting down with excitement until the game launches, and now I'll be playing it live on Twitch. Missing here is my second copy for the Switch since my store hadn't received its copies yet, but I'm dinosaur playing. Okay, and there's a picture here of a Sonic plushie, a copy of Game Informer, because that's still around. I think you can only get that at EB Games, right? That's like the EB Games uh, magazine. No, they had something else. I can't remember what it was called. Um, And then three copies of sonic frontier one copy is missing out of the picture so (laughs) this begs the question why why does someone need multiple copies of the same game um i saw it reviewed okay i think it like i think it's legitimately reviewed as a seven out of ten which isn't terrible which isn't bad but the thing is is like this kind of leads into our first like significant topic um, God of war Ragnarok also released, but there's also the collector's editions of the, that one. But when it comes to modern gaming collectors, is there really a point in buying multiple copies of games these days? Because we all know that disked disked copies of games don't increase in value as much as, like older retro games, like cartridges and stuff like that, because they just they just never do, right? Like no, they don't. There's there's some that that will like that were say like a limited release or a limited run that uh, say like Nintendo or Sony kind of um, put their own faith in and got those games published in a small release. But for the most part, like a game like Sonic, it's not going to a sell poorly enough that it becomes rare but it's also not a franchise that is so sought after and known for good quality games that again is going to cause uh like a scarcity of the games 
right? Like even Nintendo tried to do this with what was it? Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah. And, and that game was like, well, you were working at a game shop at the time and it was definitely mismanaged by a lot of people. Yeah, because a lot of game stores had ordered a ton of copies, assuming that it was going to fly off the shelves, but it kind of slowly trickled out. And now it's like you can still buy copies of it. Yes, Nintendo has removed it off the shelves and it's like you can't buy it at retail. Uh, you can get it from used game stores or smaller shops that haven't returned them, but it never gained the popularity that uh, game stores or like people thought it would be, right? Are you sure it's not available on Amazon anymore? You might still be able to buy it, but maybe not necessarily from uh, from first party, like uh, from Amazon or whatever. Um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, get it by Thursday, December 1st, $90. Get it on Prime November uh, by November thirteenth, ninety nine dollars. So it yeah, increased value see, by ten bucks. But those are also those are uh, third party sellers fulfilled by Amazon, right? So it's not act like you could still buy it, but it's not. If you look at the more sellers, there's no. It says visit the Nintendo store. This is a Nintendo. This is actually Nintendo. This isn't. No, no, no. This look at the seller. Look, yeah. <laughs> this is how it works. This one sold by Play Canada, fulfilled by Amazon. Oh, sold you by at, Springfield Distribution. Right. So you see all of those things. So there's other sellers, and just it just shows like visit the Nintendo store link on the listing because it's a Nintendo game, and it's just like how they do it. But anyway, so either way, that was a very large gamble by a lot of companies. Right, and uh, even things like the handheld. Uh, Legend of Zelda game and watch thing or the Mario one. I bought the Mario one just because I thought it was cool and it was like a collector thing. And I wasn't assuming like I wasn't looking to get rich to like resell it later on. I thought it was a cool little piece of history. Right. But let's take a look at the God of War. It's a fiasco. <laughs> I'm not can saying I, anything, I? not saying anything about the game itself. But the whole like pre-order and, and collector's edition stuff. What are you going to say? I was going to say, do you want to do collector's editions first and then explain how my my morning of collecting it went? Or do yeah, you to yeah. Well, I, yeah, I we'll, do, want... we'll do the you, you choose. You choose. We'll do your experience after because I'm just if you look at the collector's editions of games over the history, they've been getting worse and worse and worse. Right. Like some of the stuff has like really like you had the pit boy from was it fallout four yeah i was gonna ask what was, was the last collector's thing that you bought that you like truly cared about um it it would have been something for like playstation 3 oh you know what i got the deluxe edition of uh nino kuni 2 <laughs> you almost bought PS4. the splinter cell <laughs> with the big fly <laughs> yeah but that was ten dollars and that was forever no but uh, most of the collector's editions that i have i've purchased after the fact like after they got on, on uh reduction yeah. significant re reducing um i think the last one that i bought that was that was actually pretty cool was the batman arkham city one dude that was a statue right yeah it was and, a statue uh, it folded and it, out and there was a book it, underneath uh no book underneath yeah like uh, it came so... with a book there's a book in there but it doesn't go into the statue the statue oh. has led lights in it it's like it's batman sitting on on standing over gotham city and there's a little button and led lights and shines up below it. wait that was arkham city uh oh no 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 what the third one arkham it was arkham, arkham asylum arkham city arkham knight yeah. Ar arkham knight it was arkham knight sorry that i got that one um, and I got that from Walmart because they were clearing it out for like, uh, I think they were clearing it out for like 50 bucks at the time because it was just so big and taking up space. But that one as well, this was annoying. That one didn't come with the game either. It came with a steel book and no disc. And that seems to be the going trend nowadays is like they, they have these elaborate and really cool collector's editions but they're not even putting in a physical copy of the game. They're just putting in like digital codes. And yeah, that's what the, God of War did, right? 
if I remember correctly, Gotham or not Gotham, Arkham City. Arkham City had the game in it because it was like a cardboard book. Yes. That was like a what, like a four inch by like seven inch artwork thing, and it had the mm-hmm. Xbox 360 thing behind it. I got that for twelve dollars at Giant Tiger, and I could never, I will never forget that because I always look for video games since, and Giant Tiger has kind of fallen off that. Yeah, yeah. I used to get HD DVDs from Giant Tiger. Oh my god, you're so old. That's for the days. So before we get into the collector's edition, have you seen that clip of Matt Damon going around? No. So Matt Damon went on Hot Ones and he's explaining why the movie industry has changed to the movies that we're watching today versus the movies that we used to watch, like story-driven masterpieces, not Avengers 22. And he was saying that part of the reason why movies did so well in the early 2000s and the late 90s was because of DVDs and HD DVDs. You would look at your investors when you would make uh, a movie and you'd be like, this movie's going to cost this amount of money. So then you would essentially double the amount of that budget and that would be for um, advertising and everything else, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you made a $25 million movie, it'd be a $50 million movie. But in order to make all your money back, you'd have to like double that again. But you weren't overly concerned about how it did at box office necessarily because word of mouth and DVD sales. But now there's literally... There, like, unless I'm actively seeking out a movie to purchase, there's almost not a reason to buy a Blu ray or anything like that. And I think the same thing is happening with video games, which is kind of a trap as well. Because if you're buying it digitally, you own that DRM, that's yours. You bought it, you don't own the game though. Like, the thing is, is we've seen this happen before, yeah, where games or stuff like that have been removed from digital stores because there's been a licensing issue or whatnot with like something stupid, like a music track. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like if it's a digital copy, you don't own anything. You just own the rights to use it for the time being. Yeah. So what's happened with God of war is the collector's edition and the collector's Jotnar edition are beautiful. I have one currently sitting in my living room right now for my brother-in-law. He is very excited for the game. I'm excited for God of War, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that experience in a bit. I went through the packaging because my brother you opened his here. Yeah, he asked me to. Oh, he okay. wanted the game. He wanted the game code. Oh, that's fair. Oh, right, the so game I, code because I had, you know. I had to crack it right. Yeah. This might be one of the most beautiful pieces of artwork I've seen in a video game in a long time. Maybe Assassin's Creed comes close from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was Assassin's Creed Origins, maybe. But you like crack this open and it comes in like this beautiful box. It's like it has a lid and two layers. It has like a barn door, which also holds the vinyl and the Mjolnir hammer. There's this beautiful cloth map. There's some dice. There's these like really impressive carvings in the box as well, which I, I thought were, were kind of nice. Some artwork, a lot of stuff. And then there's the steel book. And now you might have your 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 ears might have keenly heard a keyword that David and I just dropped there. Stupid. That was that wasn't the keyword. The keyword <laughs> was game code. Why is that word so important? In this conversation. Well, in this steel book that has two disc slots, and I, I think that's very important because when I open my physical copy later, I'm assuming there's going to be an install disc and a play disc because, of course, that steel book is empty. So they're encouraging you to still go out and buy the fucking discs, which, yep. if it's like any other Sony game, will be on sale in six months and you'll be able to get it for half the price. However, the Jotnar right. edition is $3.99 Canadian after tax. The collector's was $2.69, so roughly $300. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for all the stuff that I just explained to you. And yeah, there's like some really cool 12-sided die in there. I, I don't know what the relevance is because I haven't played the game yet, but it's a lot. Yeah, and, and the lot. thing is, is like they, I think part of it is they're trying to double down or increase the longevity and the sales of the games, right? Because think about it. You just spent $300 on a collector's edition of a game. 
It doesn't come with a physical copy of the game, but it does come with a steel box. For people who like to buy the game multiple times just so that they can play the game and have a sealed copy and have multiple copies of the same game, you're going to have that steel box on your shelf and it's going to eat you inside knowing that there's no game in there. Right? So being the the keen <laughs> price savvy shopper you are after dropping $300 on a collector's box of a game you're going to wait for the game to go on sale to buy it cheaper but you are still increasing or continuing the sales of this game after the initial launch window uh, yeah right so it's just going to increase sales over over time but you know what? like this game is going to become uh uh like a greatest hits game i'm actually surprised that sony doesn't have a greatest hits for the ps5 yet I don't think they will. I think how they do you will. have they, a greatest have... hits when thirty percent of the population can't buy your console, <laughs> or only thirty percent of what your expected use is out there? Yeah. Well, but it, it, either way, the game is going to go on sale for a significant amount off in the next, I don't know, let's say six months, and probably by next Christmas, you'll be able to get the game for probably thirty dollars. I am willing to bet. If it's anything like the original God of War, the following year, Black Friday, it'll be 10 bucks or whatever inflation takes that to. Do you remember that? Yeah. You remember that? God of War yeah. came out and everybody bought it. And then like six months later, because I I might be wrong, which I typically am when it comes to dates, because I don't remember shit. What was God of War's release date for the original one? Because by Black Friday, it was like nine bucks. I don't know. I bought it on Black Friday when it was nine dollars or, or 20 bucks or something like that. No, it was a specific sale because I remember where I was working when it was nine dollars. It was nine ninety nine at EB Games and I was working in Richmond Hill at the time. Because mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, are you fucking kidding? Me? Let me see how much I, I think I ordered off Amazon. I think I was like 20 bucks. It came out April 20th, 2020, uh, 2018. And it was already on sale for Black Friday. Now, here's the crazy thing about the collector's edition. So, A, it's big. And imagine me carrying it <laughs> out of a store today, walking across the parking lot with my head on a swivel. As I walk home with this box, not, not nearly as expensive as David's PS5 heist that he ran across <laughs> the parking lot with. But I was almost carrying two boxes. So David and I had a conversation a few days ago. I put, I, uh, I sang him my favorite song. Just did a bad thing. I regret the thing I did. And you're wondering what it is. Tell you what I did. I did a bad thing. And just like the song said, I immediately regretted the thing that I did. <laughs> and I pre-ordered these when pre-orders were available. And I was like, I want this. I want it. Everybody, like, this is cool. I want it for the hammer. Mm-hmm. I want it bad, right? Mm-hmm. And David, I messaged David. I was like, oh, I, I bought it. I paid for it. It's good to go. He's like, why would you spend that kind of money? And we started talking about it. And we realized at that point in time, I think it like clicked in the conversation. We were like, oh, my God, there's no physical copy. It's all digital. Well, I knew that there. I knew that it was all digital. I think maybe you had I, I had to encourage you a little bit to make you really think about. Think about it, because as much as collector's editions are cool to look at, you're going to look at it. You're going to open it up. You're going to be like, oh, this is really cool. You're going to put this thing on your shelf and then it's just going to sit on your shelf. Agreed. And there's like some collector stuff that I have, which I, I absolutely love. There's some stuff that I have in my collection and like I've whittled down my collection a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you right now and I see a beautiful collection of collector's things and possibly a G fuel. Yeah. Yeah. I I got that. The G fuel that I got you. (laughs) No, I still have uh, no, actually um, she who shall not be named recycled that can, but I did replace it with another Tetris one. It's in the fridge. 
Nice. No, that's the blue bomber one. So I also found that one in the recycling bin the other day. And I said, like, what the hell? Like I said, I wasn't going to recycle these because they're cool cans. Uh, I tried the ice hurricane one, the Mortal Kombat one. It was really mm-hmm. delicious, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyways. Anyways yeah. So I, I have some like collector stuff that I, I have. And I was like laying there last night, just kind of like stewing on it. I'm like, do I want this? Do I need it? And then fate happened. You texted me. No, <laughs> fate happened because for those who know me, I am a sucker for a cool controller. I'm currently looking at oh, yeah. my God of War controller, not a, not God of War, Gears of War controller. Uh, I still have my Xbox 25th anniversary in the box. I have my two elites. And I was like, you know what? I do need a second PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm, and when I went in to pay for my my game the other day, I was like, oh, man, you know what? I could just use some of this money towards a controller. They had refurbs on for 44 bucks, and they have that beautiful purple controller. Have you seen the PlayStation's purple controller? Uh, purple purple, or is it? It's purple. It's purple. Yes, I've, I haven't seen it other than in the picture on the box. It is and gorgeous. I'm sure, they had I'm one sure it looks. I'd say I'm sure it looks way better because like I have the red controller. And I bought that used when I was in the States coming back from uh, from your wedding there. And seeing it in person is like, oh, my God, this looks way better. So I bought that. So I have the red one. But so, yeah, I can only imagine that the purple one looks really good in person. So I'm walking across the street this morning and I'm I'm making my way over. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to cancel my pre-order. I think I'm going to make somebody really happy today. Because I'm going to cancel this pre-order and and it's hard to get. (laughs) And I'm going to possibly buy a controller. And then fate happened, David. Because I didn't get the purple one. I didn't get the red one. I didn't even get the blue one. I saw the God of War Ragnarok limited edition PlayStation controller just sitting on the counter. I was like, can I see that? And they're like, yep, it's our last one. I was like, you know how to sell. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you slick son of a bitch. I'll take it. Meanwhile, and, like, meanwhile, under the counter, there's like 50 of them. Nah, so you walk she, out and they put another one on the counter. <laughs> I felt kind of bad because she said that uh, like her boss said that if it lasted until the end of the day, she was allowed to buy it. That's funny. I felt bad, but I took it and it's mine. And when there's some two player games on the PlayStation that we get to play, I have a really cool controller now. Mm-hmm. So that happened. But and think about I, it though. Like, but now you have a physical copy of the game that you can lend out. You can borrow, you can trade if they for ever some reason decide that, you know, they need to remove the license for the game off of the, the uh, PlayStation store or whatever. You can still install it and play it, right? Like you you own the game. I only physically right? own now two three games for the PlayStation. David, with your memory, what three games do I physically own? I have a bunch of digital games, but what physical games do I own for the PlayStation? You own Spider Man. Yes. And I only bought that when I borrowed your PlayStation. Yeah, right. Uh, we've all been there. I I bought um, Heavy Rain when I borrowed Owen's PlayStation Three back in college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a good thing you got to play Miles Morales out of it. I accidentally beat it for you. <laughs> yeah, right. So now there's no point in me playing because I can't unlock any of the achievements. No. Um, okay, so you have Spider Man. You have God of War, which is a lot of for War. You. Yeah, and did you get Call of Duty on that? I don't know what the, the second one was. I bought a game. There was a the deal. First letter. Okay. I'll give you a clue too. The deal at Christmas when I bought the game was you got one of three free games if you bought a year of PlayStation. So I went and I purchased a game that started with a D. Oh, wait. It wasn't Dying Light, was it? No. This game was exclusive to PlayStation until Microsoft bought its parent company. Shit. 
Oh, d- no, I don't know. Honestly, I can't think of it. What were you going to say? I was going to say Destiny, but that's a free-to-play game. So close. Deathloop. Oh, yeah. Shit, I totally forgot about Deathloop. It's yeah, on Game I, Pass now. I got it and, for free. Yeah. Because I bought a um, $100 card for PlayStation. Did you ever play that game? Nope. <laughs> I Davided that game. I will play it. I just... I was a little busy this year. Yeah. A little busy. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my experience. So, David, but, good guy. Talked me out of it. Well, and that's the thing. is like there's been a few times where, you know, I really wanted to get the Cyberpunk Collector's Edition. I thought that looked really cool. With Johnny Silver? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, this is just something else that's just going to sit on my shelf and I'm just going to look at. Now, like, you can see behind me, I have a shelf full of Lego. Like the the Star Wars, like the collector's helmets. But the thing is, is certain things retain their value. Video games right now, I don't feel like they necessarily retain their value. Even like the collector's editions, I think part of the problem is that these these things are so large. They take up so much space that stores, if they don't sell them, they're taking up valuable shelf space that could be used for other things. So they need to sell them at a reduced cost to get rid of them or people eventually will say, you know what? This is taking up too much space in my house and I'm going to sell it. Right? Like they're not going to get anywhere close to what they paid for it at, uh, at release. Yes. But if you take a look at Lego, for example, Lego actually retains value and will only increase in value. There's a huge market for, for uh, like used Lego. And once a Lego kit becomes retired, right? And Lego does this all the time. They release this because they can't be making the same sets for, for all eternity, right? But once uh, a Lego set becomes retired, the value just increases because there's a ton of people that want these collector sets, right? Yes. And even if you don't have the original box, the value is still there. Now, I have the boxes for all these helmets. <laughs> they take up so much space, but and I don't know if I'm going to keep them or whatnot because I don't plan on selling my Lego sets or anything like that. They're going to be built in display because I like them. But you know, it's one of those things that I've looked at, uh, even finding an old set that I wanted. And you, you know, I don't know if you if you know the set. There is one, and it's um, in Cloud City. It's the carbon freezing chamber. Yeah, there's a Lego set. It doesn't exist anymore. Well, like it was retired forever ago. I've always wanted that one. It's so cool. On the used market, it's like three hundred dollars. It was a it's like a sixty dollars set when it came out, right? So it's like I understand like the whole game collecting thing. There's some stuff that like some games that I I collect. I like all the Yakuza games. I will buy all of those at launch just to have them, but that's more of a to support the the developers and the game series. But I would never buy like multiple copies of a game <laughs> just to keep one sealed. Right. Like um and when we could spend a little bit more time, you know, playing games rather than spending our time looking at stuff on a shelf, like why would you spend like three hundred like really th- almost three hundred dollars? just on a collector's edition of something to sit on yourself. Yeah, I didn't do it. I ended up spending $90 on a controller. Okay. Are you happy? Are you, are you talking about the cloud city one? That's two pieces set 101 and 23. I don't know if you know the number off the top of your head, but it's from like 2020, uh, 2003 comes with the stormtrooper, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, princess Leia, Lando, Boba Fett. So all this Lego talk, and I'm still totally away from what we were talking about originally. So I I wanted to just bring up for a second. The one thing that you and I have complained about for months is there's no real draw to video game launches anymore. And a lot of malls don't mm. allow night launches anymore because people are so afraid of like robberies and stuff. It's mm-hmm. crazy that 10, 15 years ago, we lived in a, a wilder time where midnight launches were everything. Harry Potter was getting ruined by people driving through Barnes and Noble like parking lots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was um, funny. I remember that video. 
but it was so refreshing to see. So a friend of mine actually picked up his game before I did, and he sent us a picture. And you were like, haha, you're there too, sucker. I'm like, no, I'm not. But there was like 20 people outside the store. And that's mm-hmm. that's impressive. And when I went to go pick up my game and I canceled my my collector's edition that I paid for and bought the controller and stuff. Did you do that in the store too? Where you're like, I would like to cancel my pre-order <laughs> for God of War. Nobody was in there with me, uh, but okay. you could hear. Gas. The, 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 the guy who was there was just like, Bro, are you sure? I was like, yeah, man. I uh, I was going to give it to somebody as a gift. Don't need it anymore. Wait, hold I on. Like, so I convinced you to cancel my gift? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, I just, because I was picking up the game, I just, I wanted it to, like, I didn't really care. I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah. I just don't need it anymore. Yeah, right. So I, I said that to the guy. He's like, I've had eight people since 10 o'clock ask me if we had a spare one. I was like, did you take any of their names? He's like, no. I was like, he's like, who? Like, a lot of people don't really cancel pre-orders like this. I was like, well, I wanted to be sure because it was digital before I committed to anything. And then I explained to him what happened with Fallout Vault 76. What happened with Fallout Vault 76? Do you remember when I I pre-ordered it? I was like, I was wary, so I didn't get the collector's edition, but I got the centennial edition that gave him with like a little bit of DLC and stuff to make your life a little bit easier in the game. And then but the game, the game was so, so bad when it launched that I tried to return it using my edge card. And they were like, you can return it for $89. And I was like, I paid 140 And they're like, yes, but it came with digital content and there's no proof that you didn't redeem it. I was like, I didn't take it. So I argued with them back and forth, nonstop, called their corporate. They didn't care. No refund for Sean. So when I returned the game, I kept the digital content. (laughs) It's like, this is mine then. Mine. Yeah, might as well, right? And I redeemed it in my Xbox store, so I wouldn't forget (laughs) about it. And then you got the game for free when you got the, the white Xbox One X. I did that. I diddly did. Yeah, yeah. What else is on the, the so, docket so today? I, I just remember going back, like when obviously you had to pre-order games, and nothing was really digital. Like back on like the GameCube and the PS2 and, and the original Xbox, and and going to EB Games, right, and going with your friends, wanting to like getting that game, having the the lineup outside. Uh, like you said, malls would let like would do midnight's openings right so like the mall would stay open just for people to line up outside of gamestop or eb games to get games a game for at midnight right and by the time we got home we were too tired to play it anyways because it was <laughs> we'd been up for for the entire day went to school stayed up past midnight like you know adrenaline going you get home you pop it in there and then you play for like an hour and you're like, okay, I'm getting tired, but um, uh, the last three midnight launches, I remember like they were yesterday. One was a call of duty. I think it was actually the last uh, modern warfare. Mm-hmm. The Xbox one launch and the PS4 launch and the Xbox one launch was one of the funnest nights I can remember. Because the mall we pre-ordered at had a pizza pizza attached to it that was open till midnight. So we ordered pizza right to our line. And because we were Edge subscribers, we got to sit in the other line, like the good line, the line that got to move faster because we had pre-orders. Nice. And everybody was battling Pokemon. Half of it made no sense. It was a lot of fun. There was giveaways. And companies don't do that anymore. Companies don't want, need to draw people in anymore because no. the industry is dying physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we, speaking of dying, speaking of industries dying, uh, did you hear that The Rock, well, we all know that The Rock is playing Black Adam, and he was saying that it is going to be like the greatest superhero movie made of all time and all this stuff. It's not. 
It uh, apparently the studios say that it needs to make at least at bare minimum five hundred million dollars for them to consider a sequel. How much has it made so far? So far, I think it was uh, it was at like three hundred million. And he's like out here just running around being like, yeah, this character is going to get a movie and this character is going to get a movie. It's a Shazam spinoff, man. Fuck. Right. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty funny when I saw that. But Can uh, we just be like done with the rock for now? Right. Like he's nobody can smell it. He's cooking anymore. Okay. Black Adam is currently at a hundred and forty million dollars released on October 21st. That's the domestic box office for 2022. It's currently in 11th place for the year. It is behind. Can you name five of the movies it's behind for this year? <laughs> Shit. For this well, year? The, the, top Gun is definitely one of them. Top Gun is the top movie of the year. Yeah. Um, Actually, no, it's second. Why is it? Okay, hold on. Let me go. Let me go to the gross. Oh, total gross includes worldwide. Do you want worldwide or just North America? It's just North worldwide. America. No, sure. I already, I already switched it. Okay. Oh, that makes it even harder to look at. <laughs> okay, so Top Gun is on the list. It is technically number one right now. It came out in May 27th with 716 million. But second place is Spider-Man No Way Home with 804 million. So... I think there's a problem with the list. But anyways, I gave you I gave you an easy layout. So Spider-Man and Top Gun. Can you name four other movies that are on this list? That came out this year? That came out this year. That are better than Black Adam. Uh Thor? Love and Thunder? Uh, 343 million. Uh you know, I, I don't really know many movies that came out this year. Well, another one stars Chris Pratt. Oh, let me see if I can lead you to these movies. Oh, was Jurassic the Jurassic World or yeah, yep. was it Jurassic Park or whatever that one was? $367 million. Um, this movie was about a wizard. Harry Potter and the you know, Fantastic and, Beasts. No, this movie was about a Doctor Wizard. Really? <laughs> Doctor Doctor Strange? Yeah. I guess May you 6th. know what? There was a lot of hype for that one. Yeah, the movie was garbage, but there was a lot of hype for it. That I explained. Four hundred eleven million. So it here's was... the thing, though. Like these were some of the the top movies of the year, and uh, Dwayne Johnson thinks that Black Adam is going to it's going to top like all of them. All right, so here's minus, the wild minus thing. Top Gun. One, two, three, four, five superhero movies are in the top ten. Four. Spider-Man, No Way Home, Thor, Love and Thunder, The Batman, and Doctor Strange. Movies that are not superheroes are Top Gun, Jurassic World, Minions, The Rise of Gru, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Elvis, and Uncharted. Tom Holland has two movies in the top ten. Chris Pratt technically is in two movies in the top ten. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Winning. Um, some notables that are on the list that just didn't cut it. Lightyear, The Lost City, Bullet Train, The Bad Guys, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in DC League of Super Pets is in 19th. Can we can we all just stop pretending that everything mm. the, the Rock touches is gold? And maybe his movies aren't great. They used to be good, but now they're just like, it's too much quantity, not enough quality. Well, that's the thing is like, they're, it's almost as if the movies are made specifically for him. Well, I mean, him and John Cena and Vin Diesel and Jason Statham, they all have these clauses in their contracts where they can't get the shit absolutely kicked out of them. They can never really lose. Nobody wants to see a movie where the, like the, the main character can't lose in a fight. No, that, that it defeats the purpose of like their story arc, right? One hundred thousand percent. Anyways, I just uh, yeah, I just heard of that. Like I just saw that the other day, so I thought it'd be pretty funny. Um, what else were you going to talk about? I'm trying to find our list, but I yeah, I, I, away I, from I, it. I lost the list. Um. 
I did want to briefly bring up not, nothing too, too major, but I wanted to bring up the uh, the the executive producers from Take Two Entertainment. Now they're kind of like walking back on them themselves. Eh? Did you see this whole it doesn't make sense to launch day one on Game Pass comment? Oh, yeah. Take two CEO Strauss Zelnick believes launching frontline titles day to date is not making sense from a business perspective. I just I want to ask him real quick, like, is he afraid of people seeing his shit? Well, that's the thing is like, yeah, that's the thing is like Game Pass is being so successful. That's why Sony has kind of emulated it with their PlayStation Plus. new PlayStation Plus model. Mind you, they don't really have like the day one releases like Game Pass does. But okay, so if you listen to the quote from uh, from uh, Take-Two CEO Strauss-Zelnick, it doesn't make much sense. He says, I think the second area of skepticism was whether it made sense. And this is a rhetorical question because I think the answer is no to offer frontline titles day and date with titles on a subscription service. I don't think that ever made sense. I still don't think it makes sense, and I believe that it is now becoming obvious that it don't doesn't make sense. It's just a lost opportunity for the publisher. So I wouldn't want to speak for my friend Phil Spencer, but our views remain unchanged. Like he's just kind of repeating himself over and over again, but not really saying why it doesn't make sense. Like he's just saying, "Oh, it doesn't make sense," but without saying like justifying. Like it doesn't make sense because it takes away from say initial early sales that a publisher would make from a standalone release. We don't know the numbers that a publisher is making from uh, downloads on, on Game Pass, but... 100% we don't. But for like a small... Maybe maybe for a, a triple title, like a triple A game, it might not make sense to be on Game Pass right away on day one. But the thing is, is that they are getting some money from people like people will still buy the games, right? Like not everyone who subscribes to game pass, people will still buy the game, but then people who subscribe to the service will play the game. But then also people who subscribe to the service that would not have purchased the game otherwise will play the game and the publisher will still make money. So I think like if we were to look at the, the actual dollar amount that they're getting based off of, a uh, combination of physical sales or like retail sales subscribers that would have purchased the game, but don't don't because of game pass, but then also include people who subscribe, but wouldn't have purchased the game. I think the publishers are still coming out on top. Otherwise the whole model wouldn't make sense. And people publishers wouldn't sign up to put stuff on there. It just all be first party Microsoft stuff. Right. One hundred percent, and I think he's a little off his rocker. And maybe he's under the impression that he didn't make a lot of money. But come on, man! Every single person who hadn't played your game at launch for It Takes Two was so excited when It Takes Two became available. And you're not saying mm-hmm. this shit about Sony right now, are you? Like, sure, your friends. Yeah, right. That's great. But like well, you're also not releasing those games right away on launch either. Mm. I don't call the last Take Two game that was available on launch on Game Pass. I don't, I don't know. But if we talk about the game, it takes two. That was a prime example of a game that did not launch initially on on uh, Game Pass. It did just launch at retail. Um, I purchased this game, and I had so much fun playing it. Um, it's a great game. And did I get my money's worth out of that game? 100%. Would I have enjoyed it a little bit more if it was on game pass? Probably not. I think part what made that game so enjoyable, um, was because I purchased it and I invested in it. I wanted to get the most out of it so that I, I, kind of forced myself to play a little bit more. Oh, you don't have to force yourself to play that game because it's so good. But you know what I mean? Like you feel this like urge or this uh, desire to play the game because it's like I purchased this game. This is the only way I can play. Whereas if something's on Game Pass, there's no real urgency to play it. Right. Because he's like, oh, it'll be there. Like 
how many times have you found yourself just browsing through the menu of like the catalog for game pass and being like, Oh yeah, there's that game on there. That's kind of cool. I might want to play that, but whatever, it's just on here. I can just download it anytime. Right. Yeah. But then when uh, it takes to eventually release on game pass as part of EA play, you know, I wasn't bummed like I was with uh, (laughs) Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, right? I was more excited because more people will be able to play that. Like, I know that you, uh, you were going to borrow lender. I was going to lend you my copy of it before I had moved, but you know, it allowed you the opportunity to play that, that game, which have you played it yet? Which game? Sorry. It takes two. No, uh, we were going to play it. Sorry. I was just reading, um, because you you were you were explaining it so eloquently, I think this is because of all the money they've lost after the big old hack. So CNBC posted an article about Take Two stock tumbles after cuts outlook. Take Two, in a statement uh, that its fiscal twenty twenty three net bookings could come between five point four billion and five point five billion, lower than the company's previous expectations of five point seven billion at the midpoint. Um, Take-Two is known for games including Grand Theft Auto and NBA 2K series. In September, a hacker published some of its files, including source code, for the company's unreleased and highly anticipated title, Grand Theft Auto 6. So Take-Two and Rockstar are... Mm. Th- this This is this is the thing, because NBA 2K has launched on Game Pass day one. But what do we remember about those games, David? What do we remember? About any sports game, really. What do they thrive on? I believe uh, microtransactions. Called... Yes, microtransactions. You know, predatorily, predat- predator stuff for children. Yeah, Strauss Zelnick can go bite a big one. What a donkey. And like Grand Theft Auto, if you launch it like Grand Theft Auto 5, yeah, people are going to be pissed. It's not going to matter if you friggin' put it, that was a collector's edition I bought. That was a good collector's <laughs> edition. And this whole episode has come full circle. <laughs> Bing bong. Okay, so if Grand Theft Auto 6 releases like Grand Theft Auto 5 and you only get to play the story and then online gets launched three months later and it's broken as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your slow release on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus, bad idea. Terrible idea. But it took two minutes of Googling to figure out why that quote happened the way that it happened. And you know, like he, he didn't even state, like I said, he didn't state an actual reason why he doesn't think it's a good idea. Uh, so it's just kind of like being in the beating around the bush. But if you look a little further, you know that it's because they, they lost money after a hack. His quotes weren't even in the CNBC report. I just looked up take two. I, know, I was like, wait not, a second. You just search <laughs> it up and it's like the first thing on there. Yeah. They also own Zynga, which is known for words with friends. After mm-hmm. purchasing it for $12.7 billion earlier this year. Hey, you know what? Take two. Why don't you get bought by Sony? Just to really fuck everybody up. No. Because well, that means that Xbox players won't get Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but that's the whole thing with Modern Warfare right now, right? Sony's like... You guys aren't going to let us play Call of Duty. Fucking <laughs> losers. You remind me of uh, uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> They're crying. Oh, my God. Anyways. Um, so quickly before we go, David, guess you know what happens next week. I know what happened next week. Some of our listeners might be listening right now in anticipation and uh, if you've made it all the way through this episode, thank you for hanging in there. We've had some <laughs> technical issues, which you'll definitely notice. <laughs> and we're sorry, but shit yeah, well. happens. Shit yeah. happens. But we, we still had a good time. We're here. We're here to party. So here are your clues for the animation domination trivia at TWB on November 16th. You ready for this, David? Yep. Clue number one. Every show that we will talk about or have a question about would have 
aired or the series would have aired between 1990 and 2000. Now, there may be an overlap like 89 to 91 or 99 to 2000 and something, but the core of all content will be between those 10 years. Number two, there will be a Simpsons round. Simpsons <gasps> round? Number three. <laughs> there'll be two separate audio rounds this time. Oh, snap. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. So there are your clues. Nice. You want to know a little bit of trivia about our scene, the Scene on Screen podcast? Yes, absolutely. Uh Beginning of December, we will be celebrating 100, 150 episodes. Wow. And we've been doing, I would say we've been doing this every week, but there have been some weeks where we've done two or three episodes a few times. Yeah. That's two years worth of content. When you when you think about it, though, right? Like if we average uh, an hour and like 10 minutes per episode, right? That'll be... 10,500 minutes of of our lives that we've uh, that we've done this and that we've had listeners listening to us so thank you maybe yeah. we'll do something special for uh, beginning of December that, that's gonna be our first episode in December so uh, that'll be our 150th episode uh, countdown to 200 <laughs> to everyone who suffered through the first 50 thank you oh my god so, so for a, a, a quick trip down memory lane to see how we've progressed, and uh, you know, sometimes when you when you do something for so long, it's uh, you kind of forget about how you've grown, right? But if you go back and listen to some of our like first episodes, even just like the first like thirty seconds of it, like the quality. We're we're talking about like going from like no name, you know, boxed cookies with like no cream filling to to, to president's choice. This is for Canadians to president's choice, extra chunky decadent chocolate chip cookies. Oh, that's, my God. You could have just said we became funny. Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> Oh right. Well, oh you know, God. no name to Oreos. It doesn't work that way. Anyways, so yeah, that's uh, just something that I noticed the other day when I was uh, when I was editing some stuff together and posting stuff. I'm like, oh shit! Like we're coming up on 150. And to think about it, we've been. This isn't like this isn't just 150 because we've had a few rebrands and whatnot. We've been doing this for quite some time, and I guess some of those episodes, like we were in the, like the 20s and 30 episodes of those, so like we're well over 200 episodes total recorded since like we've we've started the podcast, but for uh, the Seed on Screen podcast that is, has uh, come to stay. Well, you know? yeah, and we should we should caveat, because like, we were part of another group. Actually, we were part of two groups for that matter. Um, one was Three Gem, which was a gaming website, and then we did the Next Gem <laughs> because it was the people from Three Gem that left, mm-hmm. and we moved to Next Gem. Mm-hmm. And David and I left that group as rogues, and uh, we started our own thing. And in all honesty, and like we've talked about it a few times on the show. We didn't know what we were until about month three of the pandemic. Because David and I really had no motivation to, like, I, I don't want to say no motivation, but we didn't know we how didn't have things... the direction that we we have now. It took me moving, I think. That was the first step. Because, like, I was really busy where I was living. I didn't mm-hmm. have the opportunity to really, like, make the time that I can make now. It was taking me an hour to commute to and from work every week. Or every day, every week. <laughs> That's but, uh, it, it takes me an hour to commute to and from work every week. It takes me an hour to commute to and from work every month, maybe. Yeah, you just walk across the street. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. But... 
at the end of the day, we decided that we were going to give seen on screen a really legitimate shot when the world shut down. David and I sat down. We tried to figure out new ways to do it. We bought equipment. We spent some of those hard-earned doleros on just trying to make the product better. And for those of you who listen on a regular basis, thank you. I had a friend reach out. Um, Gabe, if you're listening, what's up? He uh, he told me that he is now, as of this episode, it is his 100th episode anniversary. So he started listening to our show 100 episodes ago. Wow. I was actually just talking to him this afternoon, and he was so pumped up about it. He listens to us when he's driving like to and from the army base that he works at. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gabe, we're going to do a very fun episode just for you. Whatever you want. You give me a topic. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll pretend that we know what we're talking about. Like Sean, most episodes on the Scene on Screen podcast. Or like David, when he talks about getting past a certain level in any game. He's like, yeah, yeah, I totally played that. Uh-huh. No, no, it's no secret that I, I haven't, right? Like... We were talking about uh, God of War. You'd asked me if I had played it, and I, I put it in. I uh, turned it on, and then I stopped. My my buddy actually asked me um, if I was getting the new one, and I said, uh, probably not for a while because I haven't played the first one. But anyways. I yeah, challenge so, you. Okay. I think what you should do is you should fire it up on your TV, not the game. Just play every cutscene. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour movie. You'll have you'll get the gist of it. You don't have to do the battles. It's like it's kind of like Death Stranding too. So the loading screens mm. are literally just walking sims, right? Oh, David, before we go, <laughs> we're I off, have we're off the rails now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to send you a clip to something, and you're going to describe to me what you're seeing live. Okay. All right. So everyone. For some context, this is a game that I'm sending David right now. Okay. It's called The Store is Closed. And for those of you people who know me, my least favorite store in all of the land, in oh all of God. the worlds is what, David? What is my Ike- least favorite store? Oh, Ak- Ikea. Yes. And this game that is coming out <laughs> on Steam. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Is a simulator in fuck? which you have to escape Ikea ish it's called styr it's just store but the game just every like every time you clear a level it just gets bigger and bigger oh my so god you're just perpetually stuck in this store what are you, that what are you is, seeing right now that is terrifying <laughs> there's these like weird like well these it's like the moon thing now he's got like a flamethrower oh, does ikea sell flamethrowers yeah and chainsaws big <laughs> ass thing just like with like horns as limbs this is this actually, is delightful this is, this is actually amazing like actually what a unique concept right like no other game has done something like this even if it's like n- maybe not necessarily being stuck in like uh an ikea type store or a, a store that or a building that um expands as you progress through it but the concept of being stuck in a retail outlet <laughs> that isn't exactly as it seems. Maybe that's why Ikea is so pristine because does this guy know something that we don't know about Ikea? Well, I mean, you could definitely tell in the trailer that it's based on Ikea because it's a oh, blue building with yellow. Um, I just sent you one other game clip and it's just, it's dumb. Uh, wait, I actually didn't send you. I sent you a link to the YouTube that has it. Have you ever heard of the Infinite Pizza game? And uh, I'm hearing about this right now. This sounds... Wow, that is trippy. So you just run oh into my a God. slice of pizza nonstop. And you that, get a is, <laughs> that is... Can you imagine being like... Well, you don't need... Baked you, like you this need, pizza? You don't even need to be on drugs for this... This is trippy as hell, but I feel like it would get boring after a while. Yeah, but it's thing. also trippy as fuck. So Yeah. Cool. So, do you want one more hint or should we call, call it? All right. For, for people who have uh, stayed with us this far, let's give them one more hint. Cartoon heroes. That's a buzzword. Cartoon heroes. <laughs> 
Take that information for what you will. Aqua also wrote a song called Cartoon Heroes. It has nothing to do with the trivia, but Cartoon Heroes. So. All right. If you liked what you listened to tonight and you figured out where all our cuts were, congratulations. You are an ear sleuth. If you want to follow us, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. And if you are looking for more trivia information, follow us on Instagram for sure so we can drop more and more of those sweet, sweet hints. For myself and David. He's so cool. We want to thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.